This is Comet Picks by the Glick. I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason, what do you got on tap for us tonight? Well, tonight, well, isn't what I plan to talk about, but it's still something nonetheless, because while Amazon's um, delivery system failed me in order to get um, Inside Mari um, here in time for me to talk about it, well, Marvel Unlimited still had all of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four run. It's like on on tap for me to like to discuss. Now, uh, regular um, readers will know that I I was looking forward to this because you know after Slot's run on Amazing Spider-Man, which is arguably one of those like you know you know generational define, defining runs that the man wrote the character for eight years and also managed like a it's like to put his put his spin on a lot of like significant sp- Spider events and also just generally did a good job of just you know setting up you know like, you know expectations that you know. Only swerved and confounded longtime fans like me. It was like when we thought, like, oh, well, I can see where this is going. Oh, wait, no, it's not going that direction. In fact, it's going somewhere else. That's what I liked about a lot of Slot's um, amazing Spider Man work. And it's why I was looking forward to seeing him, you know, take on both Iron Man and Fantastic Four at the same time. Well, things didn't turn out quite as well as, as we had hoped with those series because I've already talked about his run on. Iron Man, which you know, like like basically kind of like um Peter, like I'm like petered out after the uh, like after like twenty odd ish issues and a min, it's like and a miniseries to wrap, it's like to wrap things up, it's like but um apparently like Slot was like more committed to like to his to his work on Fantastic Four like like Marvel Marvel's first family and just you know because apparently he. Cause, because like whatever you can say about this, this his work in this series, it's not that he didn't have a lot of ideas about what, like what to do with them. It's just that you know they didn't exactly result in, you know, it's like any kind of like, you know, like def- like newly defining stories for the, like for the character, for the characters, it's like or the franchise as a whole. I mean, he does some interesting work work on it, but overall, it's like you know, it's still you know like you know solid superhero superhero stuff and. And it starts off with, um, it's like with him, like you know, getting the character, getting the characters back into circulation. Because at the start, of, sort of his run, um, the um, Fantastic Four, you know, it's like we've been split up with, um, with Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm still in the Marvel Universe, you know, trying to be, trying to be proper heroes. And um, Reed Richards, his wife Sue, Sue Storm, it's like, and their kids, um, Val, um, Valeria and Frank, Franklin Richards, um, just. You know, you know, trying to um, you know, pick up, pick up after the end of um, Jonathan Hick- Hickman's um, Secret War, Secret Wars. Basically, they were just trying, trying to do their best to rebuild um, the like the multiverse, and 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 Salt's initial story basically has, basically like you know has him has, has him picking up on that with Franklin like you know creating creating new universes, but it also kind of just you know like basically writes writes off a lot of what Hick. Hickman had set up right there, basically, um, with all of, all of the uh, new universes Franklin has created being um, destroyed by a new cosmic entity called the Griever at the end, end of all things. It's like, and also the revelation that um, Franklin's you know heretofore like uh, unlimited like you know co- cosmic um, shaper powers being revealed to have be like a finite source that will eventually like you know once he's done with the, once he's exhausted them will leave him you know just a uh, being a perfectly normal human and. You know the first in the first arc is basically just all about like est- establishing that and also like setting up part what is like the most fruitful um subplot of 
like of slots run that's the uh it's a growing of the uh grim family because not only does um ben grim finally propose to his long long time girlfriend blind sculptress um it's like a, it's like alicia it's like well it's like well they they actually get uh, married within like the first like within within the first six issues and yeah it's like they're it's like their their marriage is interrupted by you know by proclamation of Doctor Doom, but you know Reed's like you know created like some kind of like to, like um like a like um chrono like a time like um like time island to prevent the, to prevent this from interrupt from interrupting the the uh, the proceedings and allows the the, uh, the wedding to proceed proceed as is, and then we get to you know them you know, take take um taking on taking up with Doctor Doom again because. Well, um, Doom has summoned um, Galactus to, to, to Earth because he's got a plan for him. He's going to use Galactus as a power source to power his power the nation of Latveria. It's like, and you know, basically make it into like the world power he all he's always like envisioned being. Problem is that well, like even though he's managed to, managed to capture um, like the Fantastic Four, like well, like the using Galactus as a power source, that's. Uh, you know, think that hey, you know, maybe there's probably some problems there, and yeah, you'd be right, because even though the idea of, like you know using Galactus as a um, power source to power a nation like is a interesting idea, you know, you all kind of know that, that this isn't something that's gonna gonna last. It's like you can see where this is going, and that's kind of um, true of a lot of what um, slot slot does on this series. Like, I mean, there's some there are a lot of interesting like you know high high concepts. You know, like like I said doom like using galactus as a power source for his nation then we get like a two issue fight between thing and the mortal hulk which isn't actually a fight between them because you know um, hulk is being puppeted by the puppet master and then after that we get like a five issue arc called point of origin that basically like um promises to put a new spin on the origin of the fantastic fantastic four because you know reed decides to like you know re um redo the uh it's like like the um like the uh, space flight that um gave the Fantastic Four their powers, just to see you know like to, um, like to sort things out and see what would really happen. You know, like if they get they, they had been you know probably shielded against cosmic rays, and it takes them to this um planet called um called Spire, which is just home to a group of super superhumans that that all they're also cosmically powered by them. It's like and you know it's like they. And it's it's one of those like um, utopian settings that is like oh this seems so nice but like, what's really going on here because you know like well like the people there's like you know we got the high town like which people all with all the, the cool like human friendly superpowers and you have the low town which is like who have all been like made into like you know monsters by by their exposure to cosmic rays you know like like Ben Ben Grimm and it's it's interesting but it's but it's kind of predictable and you can and ultimately it kind of feels like they're like um, slot is like tacking on a, a bit of unnecessary scaffolding to the Fantastic Four's origin. I mean, you know, explorers who um like you know try to challenge boundaries of human existence and get um, punished for it, but um you ultimately use their their abilities to like you know make make things better, you know, for for humanity. It's like that's that's a solid enough you know setup setup right there. Like finding out that you know there's like some other forces behind it, you know, doesn't really add a whole whole lot to it and um it's like i mean and then at, after that we get to the uh like empire tie-in which is like when the uh, alien alien plant people the kotati you know basically like you know tried 
tried to take over took it take over the universe and while the main series was written by um al ewing um get um slot um ch chipped in on the um, fantastic four centric issues of the uh of the crossover as well as it's um the tie-in issues like in the series proper which basically had um you know like 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 the uh, the old new fantastic four which was which Back in the 90s, there was an arc called the New Fantastic Four and basically had Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Hulk, some of the hottest Marvel characters at the time, taking over the Fantastic Four, you know, for a couple, like for a couple months. This time, you know, we get um, Spider-Man and Wolverine answering answering the call in the midst of the um, Kotati invasion. And as the um, plant-based priests of Pama, you know, try to attack um, the, uh, the, you know, the, the surviving Richards family on, it's like on Earth. It's not a bad tie-in. One of the, uh, but it, but the whole arc is basically notable for the fact that it introduces like two more key key members to the Grimm family. It's like um, like Jovell and M, it's like and M Krill. The uh, it's like like two um, like a uh, like a, a Cree and Skull and Skull children who basically have been in, empowered with the um, living histories of their like of their respective races, and um, they. It's like, and they've basically been, been forced to fight, you know, for um, the for the amusement of um, intergalactic, intergalactic spectators until they're freed by the Fantastic Four, and um, Ben decides to adopt adopt them into the family and basically, you know, try to try to basically, like, you know, give them, you know, normal kid lives, uh, like um, like apart from what their, you know, from what their awful, you know, like um, up, upbringing has, like has has imposed upon them. And Slot does a good job of mining them for, like, you know, some good good fish out of water like com comedy is like as their militant uh minds you know it's like i do it's like do kind of like um mess do mess as awkwardly as you expect into earth culture it's like even though that they um there are some good laughs to be had later on as they um try to like, exploit earth like earth cultures to their customs to their own own ends as they as they use their abilities to like you know get as much halloween candy as possible in one issue and that's 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 really kind of kind of cute and amusing and then we get in there are other st other stories is the creation of the forever gate it's like a uh it's like it's like a basically a uh like a device that allows everyone people to travel wherever they can it's like like whatever wherever and whenever whenever they're they're able to it's like and also tie-ins to the uh like to the king in black event which are you know nominal like more, more than anything else and also like other major storylines like the uh, Bride of Doom, which is a three-part storyline where, or Doom decides to uh, marry his like his herald, um, vic um, victorious, like in order, in order to present a sort of strength to the uh, like to the world. Only problem is that uh, Johnny Storm, you know, like winds up um, sleeping with um, vic victorious in a moment of weakness after it's like after um his, after his um his soulmate um Sky from the. Uh, from Spire, but it's part of the uh, Point of Origin arc, because like there was a big deal made about how you know they were supposed to be soulmates, but and even though it's like you know Slot, you know, like tries to do some work in that terms, like you know, just positioning them as like you know actual you know like romantic interests. Well, it doesn't work, and you know, and and Donnie winds up sleeping with um Doom's betrothed, and it goes bad badly, especially when particularly when um Victorious you know has to confess her her. Like her um, indiscretion to doom out of a out of a um dedication to like you know how how's this going to look in front of this front of the state doom is 
predictably uh, infuriated by this, and he responds, you know, not just by trying to kill all the uh, people, all all the people who've been like who are in attendance at the at the wedding, but also by turning um, Johnny Storm into like permanent flame on um, like status. Basically, he's no longer just a human torch; he's a human star who cannot like flame off anymore. And you know that what follow what follows are like you know like storyline like you know storylines like like re trying to like get like um help him deal with this like a return to like the uh like superhuman law um fracas and humor of um his of um slot's she hulk run which is which is good fun and also um like um stuck in with all this is a uh, is like a fantastic four like 60th issue um uh, 60 sorry 60th anniversary um issue featuring uh, art entirely by the by the great um, John Romita Jr., where four generations of Kang, um, basically um, Ramatut, Scarlet Centurion, Kang, Immortus, and sorry, five generations of Kang, and his final form, um, Scion, you know, try to um, find out the uh, the secret treasure of of Nathaniel Richards, and this involves them tra- um, trying to attack the Fantastic Four at four different er- eras of their. It's like other, it's like other history. It's like, and you know, and I think that this is like you know, yeah, it's a crazy time travel story, but it's one that actually that actually makes sense, and does like a good job of like you know setting of um like spotlighting the like, the uh, like the many history like er, like what's worthwhile about each of these particular particular eras, and I I I really enjoyed it, and it's probably like it's probably the, easily like the most enjoyable and surprising issue like of the run. Even as it like you know, like um, lets you know that well, it turns out that um, Reed isn't um, Nathaniel's only offspring in this era. There's also another character on um, there as well. But but before I get to that, I have to get to the uh, crux of a slot's run, which kicks off as part of the as um in an in, it's so big it kicks off in an alpha issue called um the Reckoning War now. Slot has basically been seeding this run in a lot of his other titles, specifically She-Hulk, for for years now. Basically, like having characters like say like there, there shall come a reckoning, because like he's been because like this whole reckoning war idea is something that he's been having, he's been kicking around in his head for for years, if not decades. Because basically, it's like the idea. I mean, it's basically set up in a fairly straightforward fashion in the sense that all the uh, alien races in the Marvel universe are getting powered up. Like the it's like the Badoon and what and whatnot are getting like you know more powerful weapons and they're told to just you know go and sow havoc throughout throughout the universe because it turns out that there's these um other aliens the Priscillicans who it's like who are just like who are behind this but they're now going by another name the Reckoning and as we find out like quite early on well the reason this is such a big deal and why Slot has been chumping at the bit to tell the story for for decades now. This the Wrecking War is this is basically the story, um, like that springs out of the idea of what caused the Watchers to like you know do their um, like do their whole non-interference um vow. Why you know the Watchers like like Utau have basically like you know said like you know we're not going to interfere with like the events of the Mar- actions of the Marvelers. We we're just like you know here to watch watch and observe them. So why are they doing this? What could have caused them to do such a uh, to, to, to make this vow in the first place. Well, the Reckoning War 
is that story and no it's fine I, I i think it's all right i mean like i'm not saying that the idea that slot comes up comes up with in terms of like you know how that you know why they're why they took took their non-inference that was a bad one but you know it's like it's pretty e- like easily explained it's like and even though, like there are a couple you know twists like around it um it's i can't say that it's like it's a uh it's a it's one for one for the ages, really. I mean, it's like it's something that's basically kind of like you know checks off a box, saying, "Oh, okay, well, yeah, I get it." And I, I will say, that, you know, even though like he tries to make this like a big you know galaxy spanning event, I can't say that you know we uh, it really like gets a huge ep- like you know epic heft. I mean, like it's still. I mean, on one hand, it keeps keeps the stakes focused on the characters, but at the same time, it doesn't feel as sprawling as an epic as say. Um, like Hickman's Infinity, or even um, John John's and Tomasi's um, Oh Sinestro Corps War over it's like over at DC. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely well well constructed. It's play, plays out well, has some interesting twists, but it's like basically just like an epic, you know, like a um, bit of, bit of con- continuity manage, management for like for the Marvel universe. And I admit that you know, like well the. Like you know, the one one of the one shots that were attached to this, um, the trial of the Watcher, which basically like you know, it's basically a what if about you know what if Utal the Watcher never interfered, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun in the sense that you know it's basically like you know Utal, Utal's worst nightmare in the sense that he finds out that that he basically screwed everything, he basically screwed everything up in that classic Fantastic Four story where he uh, warned them them about you know Galactus's, you know, and like a like event like um approach on the earth like it's i mean that i mean that 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 story itself is fun but then you find out that oh well that's not the whole story here it's like it turns out that you know hey it turns out that he was actually justified and it's like in the end and in the end you know everything everything works out i mean even though that there was this like subplot about you know like the thing finding out that you know reed richards had done something so awful that you know that the thing was going to like want to have to like you know kill him like at, at some point. Well, even then, it's kind of like you know portrayed as not being you know that bad or just like a kind of like a a faint as well. And that that's kind of like you know like what really like my main issue with um like with with slots run. I mean, I enjoyed reading this. I mean, okay, I mean, I, I mean, I was reading it for basically free. On my Marvel Unlimited, we're free for like you know I'm paying for their, you know, it's like for their um for the annual um subscription price, but at the same time, reading all these issues um that, that I didn't already bought already in, in trade paperback form, it's like you know likely probably I'm um, paid for that, you know I'm paid paid for the subscription, but you know there wasn't though the kind of like you know sw- like though the swerves or like you know playing against ex- my expectations that I got from his amazing spider-man run it's like it it's like it basically like you know did a good job of like you know serving up solid superhero action you know fantastic forward be like you know being grand explorers in the like cosmic adventure sense but you know never like really you know deliver delivering like you know like stories that kind of kind of gonna go wow didn't expect that and um also it's probably worth mentioning that um that at his that the uh, the final issue, which basically like deals with um, the half sister that um, Reed Richards has, um, 
and thinks thinks she was dad's exploits. Well, I mean, it's a nice idea, but at the same time, you know, just to um, have this like you know tacked on at the end kind of feels like you know disingenuous. It's like you know why bring up this idea like if you're not going to uh, you know like the deal that it's like in some like in some way being like yeah it's like his sister his half sister calls him out for this it's like over the uh like in in the issue and they say well you know there was like the matter of like you know saving the universe and all but you know that's that's really really no excuse it's like it's one of those situations where it's like okay i get that you wanted to do this but you needed to really commit to it you, you needed to uh to actually bring involve this character in more stories, you know, for just like you know, getting back to her at the very end end of your run. I mean, for all I know, it's like at, at this point now she's just going to be like you know, I don't know, it's like cannon fodder for us for, for a future storyline. Maybe it'll just be they'll see like, oh hey, you know, it's like Reed, Reed Richards has a half sister. Hey, maybe we can kill her off to mo- motivate motivate him for to go really to go really ham in a later storyline. That's that's the kind of fear I I have here. And yeah, it's like there's like I, I can't fault slot for trying to like add new stuff to uh like to the Fantastic Four canon and he does does some decent stuff there, but I think that you know the the Grimm family it's like is um it's like is like really like the best like the, the best stuff here. And I will say that you know if anyone tries to like get him divorced for Alicia from Alicia or you know like um kill off his kids it's like now that's going to be like a real dick move. Like I want to see, you know, how how the Grimm family goes forward, forward from here. And you know, as far as like you know, Fantastic Four going forward from here, well, um, there were some like we've getting a we're getting basically a two issue um, uh, Judgment Day tie-in, which is basically like Die Hard in the Baxter Building featuring Sue Storm. Which yeah, I'll I'll, I'll read that, but um. The main taking over the uh, Fantastic Four after um, slot is an interesting choice, and that's um, it's like and that's um, Ryan, it's like um, Ryan Brown, it's like who has done a lot of interesting. Sorry, right? Not Ryan Brown, Ryan North. Sorry, um, who's get, given us some um, daily dinosaur comics. Um, the my, it's like um, the the, the, the Midas Touch or the Midas Theorem. Uh, dang it, can't remember. But it's a good eight issue. Um, it's like eight issue miniseries from from Boom. It's like and also um, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl over at Marvel Marvel Comics. I've heard um, good things about what he's been doing like for these early, early issues because he's basically like you know was because while Slot you know clearly went you know big and cosmic for his storylines, um, North is um, going like it's like is going um, you know smaller and more more intimate. And I heard apparently that's so that's supposed to be um. And you're clicking pretty well with the audience, so I'll look forward to seeing how that turns up on um, it's like Marvel Unlimited. That being said, hey, if you're looking for a solid superhero story, um, yeah, and you've got access to Marvel Unlimited, yeah, go ahead and check out um, Slots Run. It's like you know, it's not bad, it's not great. I mean, if I'm gonna like tell you like a, a fast forward that you story that you, series that you need to read, you're gonna like want to check out um, Hickman's. Like Hickman's run, which basically like, you know benefits from the writer's you know obsessive planning and the fact that he's basically you know telling you know one big story from beginning to end over the course of his run. Slot is telling a, a lot of different stories that kind of coalesce into something, but not it's like but not really. But oh, but yeah, overall, Slot's run isn't bad, but you know, 
I can't say it's something that um like I want to like you know go out and rebuy in in physical form after having read it on Marvel Limited. In fact, because um space is at a premium in my library, I'm probably going to put um the uh, copies I have of his run it's like on the uh, it's like on the two cell cell pile. Not because I hate them, but you know I I I really need the room and that and you know you know take that take that as you will. So not bad, but maybe not worth um shilling out, you know, all that all money for like, you know, eleven all eleven or twelve volumes of it. There you go. All right. Well, do you know what you're gonna be talking about next time? Okay, well now that I have the ninth volume of Inside Mari, it's like in in my in my hand, I'm actually gonna be talking about that next time. And I guess, you know, after that, well, I guess I probably need to start talking about um the best best comics I read in twenty twenty two. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Click. All right, ladies, everyone.